0: Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between.
0: Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today we are recording episode 130 which is another of our author spotlight episodes and we have AJ Skelly with us today so welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me I'm excited to be here. So AJ Skelly is a YA author based in Ohio with a passion for all things fantasy, medieval, fairy tale, romance, and most especially werewolves. Love this. (laughs) As an avid reader and former English teacher, AJ has always been interested in the written word. She lives with her husband and children who share her love for books. AJ's goals are to provide positivity in the YA genre and inspire young readers through unforgettable characters, leaving them with hope and the feeling of satisfaction in a book well-read.
0: I love that sentiment.
2: Oh, good. I hope other people do too.
0: (laughs) So how we like to get these interviews started is just if you give us a quick rundown of how you began writing and when you decided to pursue it more seriously and started thinking about getting your book published.
2: Sure. Well, I think I have always been interested in writing in some form or another. My my mom would read to me. I mean, we were reading like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when I was like three. So literature and books have always been a part of, you know, just my formative growing up and everything. And then I watched the movie of Anne of Green Gables when I was pretty young too. And in the movie, she, of course, you know, has a big emphasis on the writing and oh, I wanted to be that Anne. Uh, <laughs> yeah. when I- Me too. And uh, right, who doesn't want to be Anne with an E at least some point in their life? (laughs) But that was kind of hugely impactful as well moving forward. But I mean, I piddled with short stories and I piddled with writing. I wrote a quote unquote full length book in middle school, which should never ever see the light of day. (laughs) Do you still have it? Probably. I haven't looked at it in
0: years, but it's probably still burned on a hard drive (laughs) somewhere. it's actually funny that you mention Anne of Green Gables because the first book that I ever attempted before Ashley and I started writing together was a solo kind of thing probably at around the age of 12 or something that was like kind of like my version of Anne of Green Gables it's nice. <laughs> except like a th- weird thriller version though which was strange. Right. I
2: the same thing I did too. I wrote like some version of these other books that I had been reading. You know, and I think I think that's just kind of part of story though. You take it in, you digest it, and it just kind of becomes a part of you and then, you know, if you're a writer, I think some of those vibes and bits and pieces eventually come out, but, you know, by that point hopefully you're established enough in your craft that it's your own yeah. story coming out. <laughs> but Those were some of the really big influences on me when I first, you know, was kind of growing into what I wanted to be. But in college, I I had a couple of writing classes. I enjoyed them, but I didn't I didn't really complete another novel for a very long time. But in between all of that, I became an English teacher, a high school English teacher, which I loved. And I started teaching, this is going to age me considerably here, but I started teaching at the height of the twilight craze. All of my students, and I mean all of them, even like the reluctant readers who were like teenage boys were reading the twilight (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, "I, I have to read these to see what all the fuss is about. And I did actually quite enjoy them at the time. And but during all of this, I say this as as part caveat, because I had a group of students, very good students, who started a rumor that I was a werewolf. And it stopped. <laughs> I had amazing. students come in the next year and say, are you really a werewolf? Well, of course, as a high school English teacher, there's only <laughs> yes, one so. way to answer that question. Of course, I am a werewolf. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> Why would you ask such
2: a Yes, silly I am a werewolf. So, so there was this huge rumor that I was a werewolf, which I fully embraced. And we <laughs> had a lot of fun with it. But in the course of that, with the Twilight books, there was a sudden need for my students to read paranormal romance everything. And so I started looking around and it was really hard to find clean paranormal romance books that were like geared toward young adult. There were scads of them for adults. But in my opinion, teenagers just don't need to read everything <laughs> adults read. Fair enough. And so I was kind of really frustrated with a lack of material that I felt was appropriate for my students to read. And so kind of out of that and also partially out of the werewolf rumors, this story (laughs) that became first shift kind of just started spinning around, excuse me, and it spun for a good long while. And I would write bits and pieces here and there. I didn't start writing it seriously for quite some time. But they're kind of towards the end. What really gave me some some real motivation to write it were some pregnancy dreams. <laughs> I was pregnant with our oldest son and I had wild pregnancy dreams. They were vivid. <laughs> anyway, Sam and Megan, who are the protagonists of First Shift, just kind of popped into my head. And I thought, oh, well, these, these characters are clearly meant for this story that I have been just, you know, kind of tossing around for however many years. And so I wrote First Shift. Well, I started writing First Shift right, right when I was pregnant with my son. It was when I really started putting scenes down. But it took me almost 10 years to get all of it written. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I thought, well, I have a book. That's nice. And I started rereading and I thought, well, this is not, this is not terrible. Actually, I kind of like this. And if I like it, someone else might too. So I, <laughs> I messaged a friend who had actually been a former coworker at that same school who was all in on the werewolf rumors. She was there for all of it. And <laughs> I said, Karen, I've written a book. What do I do now? Because she had been traditionally published not long before that. And um, she's like, let me tell you what we're going to do with your book. So I do credit a lot of my early success to Karen Sargent. Shameless name drop there. Go check out her books. But she was hugely instrumental in not only helping me along with the publishing process, which is long and intense and grueling, as any author will tell you, but she also really helped me understand how to edit fiction. I had been an English teacher for, gosh, how long? Like 12 years. But editing fiction is a totally different skill set than editing academic work. Yeah. so it was just a really intense couple of months where I had like a crash course in like something that I thought I had mastered <laughs> I had a college degree for this <laughs> Oh no no not really you have no idea what you're talking about but um... <laughs> so, so I had to go back and kind of like relearn some of these skills and apply mm-hmm. them differently than I ever had before but it was a fantastic process many rejection letters, also very humbling learning (laughs) experience. But it was picked up, the series was picked up. And yeah, here we are. The series itself is technically all out in the world now.
0: So I'm curious, did you end up going with like a small publishing house? Or like, what did your publishing journey look like? Was it clearly through traditional publishing? I see you're nodding there just for everyone.
2: Yeah, it's not, it's not a big five press. It is a small press. Um, it's the Wild Rose Press. They've been in business, gosh, I think like 18 years now. I don't know. They're a very well-established small press. Yeah, that,
0: that gives you confidence, right? It's good.
2: Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. And then actually, right as I was signing with, I decided to go ahead and sign with them. They had a lot of things that I really liked. One thing that I like about small press is that there's usually a very good working relationship with the author. Mm-hmm. Authors tend to have a little more input, when they do small press, which was a very attractive thing for me, especially as a first time author. It's like, okay, someone who actually knows the business, but I also get to put my two cents in. And I did have a very, very good experience with them. But my agent is actually sending out other things. So like, it's been really interesting to compare like the feedback we're getting from these big publishers as well as like the small press. And so it's just been really, really interesting and and kind of a way for me to like step back and kind of reevaluate what what do I want as an author? You know, what, what do I really want? Um, and I don't know that I actually have an answer for that because <laughs> some days I want X, Y, and Z and other days I want A, B, and C. <laughs> totally <laughs> understand that. such a, a cool, great experience on both sides of things. So very, very pleased with the whole shebang, really. Um, I don't even know what the right word is Shebang for works.
0: Shebang <laughs> works. Bang.
1: <laughs> so I was going to... First of all, ask if you are still an English teacher, and then if you are still an English teacher, how you juggle your teaching with your children, which I gather must keep you <laughs> quite busy, plus writing, because by the looks of it, you have a whole, it's a whole series out, you've said. So that means you've done a lot of writing, not just your 10 years working on the first book. Well, yes and no. I am no longer... Teaching
2: in that I did turn in um, my notice because we decided that our kids needed just a little more mama than they were getting when I was working full time. So I am very happily a homeschooling, stay at home mom who writes after bedtime. (laughs) So about 90% of all of my writing happens after bedtime. So, you know, I just kind of trying to figure out how I work best, how I write best has been an interesting struggle but it's it's been good it's been a good learning process yeah so am I still teaching yes am I getting paid to teach no (laughs) (laughs) yeah worth it absolutely
0: (laughs) totally can get that as well I mean like how children are a lot younger but at the moment I've been reconsidering like going back to work and what that looks like and daycares and all of that and I'm like oh my gosh like I don't know it might just be easier to stay at home See, ugh. Fun times. <laughs> right? <laughs> so what what does your writing process look like? Are you a plotter or a pantser or somewhere in between the two? I, I call
2: myself a plantster. I find I write a lot better if I plot. It takes me much less time to write a book if I plot. So my preferred method at the moment, because the only method that works is the one you use. So right now. <laughs> <laughs> love that I, <laughs> that's what i used to tell my english students all the time the only method that works is the one you use because there are a million ways to outline that was actually what it was about is outlining papers mm-hmm. but so usually i make a general outline with like my big plot points but then i kind of just pants my way from point to point point. and if something needs to change along the way that's okay too that being said i actually i i had no plot at all for first shift um <laughs> which was probably why it took me 10 years to write it because I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, "Oh, this is a cool scene or oh, that dream was awesome. What if I changed this this and this and made it part of like this this world of like werewolves and rock falls and so I mean there was a
0: lot of that going
2: on." Um, <laughs> well, in some ways so it was cool. like, you
0: know, prepping you for the entire series though too, so
2: Well, it was because during all of this, I I actually wrote the first three books partially concurrently because like I I have in in the series, The Wolves of Rock Falls is the name of the series. There are four official books in the series and there's a novella. That's like a prequel. But I had like this whole cast of characters and I got to know them really well after they'd been rumbling around in my head for a few years. I promise I'm not totally crazy, maybe just slightly crazy. But yes, I do have many voices in my head that speak to me regularly. But so I had this huge cast of characters and I realized that I didn't want to only stick with just Sam and Megan's story because I thought it would be fun to have other stories in there with it. And um, it's written in first person point of view. So it's not like I could just like, randomly throw in what happened to the other characters like in keeping with the book. So I thought, well, well, maybe maybe I'll just write like two other stories. That would be cool. It was supposed to be like two stories and a, and a really short novella was my original thought. It's it's four novels and a prequel now. I and mean, if I had known there were going to be this many of them, I would not have named them all one syllable shift. I would have Branched out just a little bit, but here we are. We have arrived. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. But it was actually really, really helpful writing the first three books semi-concurrently because it was really easy to keep my details straight and my timeline intact. So, to that effect, would I would I recommend writing that way? I don't know that I'd go that far, but it was helpful to have like this big chunk done before I went off. And had all of these other books published, and then everything was locked in stone. So that part was really helpful. And it also helped publish them quickly because books two, excuse me, and three were partially done by the time book one was published. In fact, I I actually drafted the last one, Pack Shift, during the month of launch for First Shift. Do not, 10 for 10, do not recommend. (laughs) Writing a but book is really hard work <laughs> and writing a book at the same time was just insanity so yes don't don't do as i have done
0: <laughs> we so all a warning our <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna um briefly say i think it's really awesome that you changed like viewpoints book to book though i did want to input that if, if for any like future series you do you wanted to put like multiple first-person perspectives into one book, it's becoming so much more common now. And that's the setup of our book, which is, oh, nice. it's hard to do well, I think. And like, you, you really do have to define the character voices very well. You do, absolutely. But, or they just sound yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool though. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. I
2: love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, say, uh, I am a huge fan of first-person point of view, which you you could not have told past me that I would ever give up third-person because I would have looked at you like you were crazy and you had three heads. But I do. I love first person. I don't know if it's just a product of like reading so much young adult literature over the past couple of decades or I don't know. But I just I feel like I get so much more out of the story most of the time. I won't say all of the time Mm -hmm. because there are a few third person books that I just will rave over. But yeah, first person all the way. And I'm a huge fan of having like the dual first person point of view. Um, Again, that might just be me, but I really, really like it.
0: (laughs) I think it is. Yeah. I think that's why we quite like the whole multi-person first person because that you can have like all the bias of like first person and like oh they can't see beyond their own issues here but then you can like highlight other issues through like other perspectives Mm -hmm. and so then you can show the overview of like oh my god this whole miscommunication is happening but none of the characters actually know (laughs) which is always really fun Oh, yes. they're done that. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Sorry, I just had to talk about that. I'm very passionate about, like, the multi-perspective first-person first person stuff. Oh, well, you have come to
1: the right place. <laughs> I like it. So you've mentioned your series, The Wolves of Rock Falls. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about it. What, Like, what's the byline for the series? And I guess kind of overview some of the other books that are in there as well.
2: Sure. So, so the series is First Shift, Rogue Shift, Sworn Shift, and then there's the prequel novella Dark Shift, and then pack Shift. I told you there are a lot of shifts. <laughs> um, and I have to say that very carefully, or it sounds like I say something else, which is not really what I want to say when I'm talking about my books. Um- <laughs> But, um, so no, um, as I mentioned, it does follow a large cast of characters in the first book, we're introduced to Sam and Megan and Megan is accidentally turned into a werewolf. And it is this huge uproar because that's like the chief rule of like all werewolves. You don't bite any humans and and it was totally an accidental bite so so she of course has no idea that werewolves exist and it it just throws her world into complete chaos which in turn throws the werewolf world into complete chaos too because you know this hasn't happened in like 200 years and so so they go on about their business trying to figure out how to resolve this sam has been in love with megan for years and years and well, it turns out that turning her into a werewolf has kind of made her a target for this other like third party off here in the distance and uh, basically puts a target on her back. So there's a little bit of like murder mystery intrigue woven into mm-hmm. all of the angst
0: because we love our young and <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> the emotional drama.
2: <laughs> the emotional drama! And... Um, <laughs> So we, we do have angst in some of the books. We've got the angst and the drama and uh, I only write romance. So of course there's that too. I love a good kissing book. So you may, you may expect kissing in my books, but <laughs> all of that to say like the, the, the killing aspect is resolved at the end of first shift. Kind of like you find out, whoa, what, what was going on with that? And so, so first shift ends, but then rogue shift picks up literally like right, like a week later where first shift leaves off but you switch perspectives to two other characters that are in this this first book and there's an overarching plot that goes across the whole series that each book is standalone each book has one couple they all are happily ever after because I also I mean emotional trauma is fine for characters emotional trauma is not okay for me (laughs) like (laughs) I don't read books if it doesn't have a happily ever after or a really it has to be like the most satisfying of bittersweet endings or I will just I will not touch it with a 10-foot pole um, <laughs> yeah. so so each each book does continue like the the larger story which is again there's a lot of little like mystery slash I guess I guess three of the books kind of actually have mini murder mysteries kind of in between I didn't realize how much I enjoyed mystery as a genre until I <laughs> And I'm like, ooh, I need more of this. I want more. So we have we have some elements of suspense along with the romance. The romance does take front seat, but I mean, you really should have plot if you're going to write a book. So you know, I had to come up with something. Um, <laughs> with- I just needed something to do besides fall in love. <laughs> So that's where kind of like the mystery elements come in. But then we go to Sworn Shift. And again, the the immediate tension has resolved in Rogue Shift. But then Sworn Shift actually opens a couple of chapters before Rogue Shift ends. They're in the middle of this big, huge, like, werewolf battle. I mean, we've got fur and fangs and just like, <gasps> and it actually has like the whole fated mate trope because I'm like, I can't write a werewolf series without like, a faded maid trope because I just you just have to have that in there somewhere and so that one starts with like this basically they see each other the it's it's Bowen and Raven are the names great of the names. characters in that book do what those are great names thank you I like them but I'm entirely biased
0: <laughs> I feel like they're very suited to the genre and just thank you I in like it feels like a proper like why <laughs> a proper <animal's> name, right? <laughs> like, yes yes this is i can see this
2: <laughs> so bowen is from a different pack than raven is and he is on the opposite side of this werewolf war going on and they see each other and they lock eyes and it's like oh crap this is my mate and so there's like immediate tension because she wants absolutely nothing to do with him at all so half the book is them kind of trying to like figure out how this dynamic works, because it's very much enemies to lovers, because again, I love a good trope if it's well done. So we have a lot of those kind of two tropes going on in there. But then we also have this twist at the end that is a carryover from the first two books that hopefully no one sees coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's it's kind of a final resolution of that initial
0: arc Mm -hmm.
2: but then the fourth book pack shift is a little bit different it's really its own story it's still about characters from the main cast and it's really enjoyable a lot of people have told me that it they they really enjoy that it's a little bit separate so it's it's related but not completely tied into that initial story arc so anyway that was a very long drawn out explanation of
1: kind of the series but there you have it (laughs) it sounds very enjoyable and I think I really like the dynamic of the romance with a little bit of mystery thrown in there. Yes. I agree. <laughs> One, it sounds perfectly YA because, you know, there's always something happening in the background, right? It, it does have a lot of those negative expectations.
0: <laughs> so, what have your biggest challenges been in creating the series, would you say?
2: <laughs> Time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, I understand it went that one very, very,
2: very well. <laughs> yes, okay. um, time is in short supply and high demand. Yeah, I'm I'm still working on the balance. I don't have it down quite quite right yet, but really just kind of carving out the time to sit and do it, which I do I do try to do because having time for something that is just mine is important. I mean, any new mother will tell you that their entire life is consumed with their children. And that's good. You should be consumed with your children, but it's also not good to completely lose yourself. And I think there were several years where I was so completely stressed out of my mind that there was just, there was nothing I could do. One of our children has a lot of special needs, and has required several surgeries and a lot of um, hospital visits and therapy and a lot of different things. And I was very, very blessed to be in a situation with my job at the time because I was, I was teaching online. Um, I could have the flexibility to do that, but the opportunity cost was my sanity. Hey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so for a long time, which is also why it took me 10 years to write my first book officially, because it was just, it was just this time of just kind of a lot of turmoil. I mean, it was happy turmoil because we were we were delighted with our children uh, because we we packed three children into that that insane sort of span of time, and because why stop at one when you can have three? And uh, <laughs> but it was it was very very good in that it was a very sweet time with with our children and you know getting to know them and becoming parents. But on the flip side of that, it was just. My life was insane. It was ruled by appointments and caregiving while I was still teaching full time. So when I did write, it was something that I did just because I wanted to do it. And so as we we kind of started to get past some of that really, really crazy, just mommy is the center of the universe. Uh, Mommy is still the center of the universe, but mommy has a little more elbow room now. So I'm really trying to kind of find that balance and find something, you know, kind of take back something that is just mine. You know, because I am a stay-at-home mom, my children are with me always. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, which is fine. That's what we wanted, but, but mommy needs to breathe sometimes too. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> totally, totally. Balance,
1: so I'm still working on, but uh, time would be the greatest challenge. <laughs> I think a lot of people will understand that, and you know, can relate. I said yeah. I mean, stress sucks. <laughs> I mean, like
0: you know, it it's ups and downs and you want to be there for them and you want to be a part of all of that and you're like yes we've chosen this and I like I feel like some people hear all the complaints and they think well why the heck did you have a child and it's like no 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 but I actually really enjoy it I just I need to breathe sometimes, right?
2: (laughs) Oh, yes. I feel that to my soul. Like I would in a heartbeat choose to do this all over again. Mm -hmm. You know, I love staying at home with my children. I love being a stay at home mom. I love teaching my children, but I am also human and humans do in effect, you know, need to refill their cups so they can continue getting to fill all the all the others. So we're we've discovered that writing is a way uh, for me to do that, and when I take the time to write and just kind of have a little bit of alone time, even if it's just like twenty minutes, I'm a better, better parent for having done that. Yeah. So to that extent, writing is really important because it does make me a better parent because that is something that I do that is just for me. So does it always happen? No, <laughs> but when
1: it does, it's good. So, do you have any other projects coming up soon that you'd like to share with us? I
2: do. Um, I actually um, just had two books that came out not long ago. Um, Making Magic is actually an anthology of Magic Prep Academy short stories. Magic Prep Academy, this actually kind of ties back into when I first was starting to look into publication, when I was in the query trenches and all of that, I had been advised to start a blog. So I did because I didn't know what else I was doing. But I ended up writing a short story every week. And these short stories just ended up being set in this random magical academy that has all of these mythological creatures. So it was a way for me to kind of explore different areas of mythology that Mm -hmm. people may or may not have been familiar with and then bring them all to this one setting at Magic Prep Academy, which is this like thousands year old castle that's been turned into an academy for all of these mythological and magical creatures to come and learn how to like control their magic and learn about their world and you know like I had short stories about kelpies and griffin riders and dragon hatchers and gosh what else was in there I even had some werewolves thrown in there we we just kind of mixed the paranormal and the fantastical and and the mythological and we just threw them all and it was so much fun it was great
1: (laughs) throw them all in one academy see what happens throw them in there see what the dragon changes.
2: but uh so so i ended up writing a lot of those short stories and and they were compiled and released in january and then a flame and frost which is the first full-length novel set at magic prep academy released march
0: <laughs> i should know that there's <laughs> so much going on you're like it's sometime you know a couple months ago this sometime this year has flown <laughs>
2: I guess it was just last month. I swear an eternity has passed since then. But uh yeah, it released in March. And then and then we I so I thought I was done with the Werewolf books. I really thought I was done with them. I have also discovered I'm a trauma writer when I am traumatized by anything, my response is to create a magical world where I can control everything that happens. So I don't have to deal with the real world because that's just how my brain is wired. But we actually had a family friend that passed away a while ago, and um, we weren't particularly close, but the friend was in a very similar life stage as we were. And so it was just, it was just, oh, I was just heartsick about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that actually translated into more werewolves of all things, which was never the plan. I never planned to write another one, but basically I trauma wrote like 30,000 words of this story. And I sat there and I looked at it and I thought, can I really... Not finish this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But instead of going with the Wolves of Arcadia Bay, it's actually a character you meet in Pack Shift that was originally supposed to be the bad guy, but ends up being quite a good guy. And apparently, my brain decided he needed his own story because that is Lost Shift and it will be releasing in
0: October.
1: how <laughs> <laughs> <Well, laughs> exciting. Yeah, I hope so.
0: <laughs> that is really awesome. I love
1: how you're like, whoops, Lost Shift is here. <laughs> Sorry, guys there's one more (laughs) (laughs) well your readers I'm sure will be very happy
0: yes
2: well everyone so far I've had several endorsers and several regular beta readers and a couple of early readers and so far everyone everyone actually has told me this is their favorite in the whole series so far so I'm like oh okay well that's that's cool I mean I'll take that but not not really what I was expecting it's it's a little different in flavor from the other ones it is it is a different pack who lives in Oregon. So we're moving from Delaware, Rock Falls in Delaware, over to the other side of the coast in Oregon. So it was fun to kind of learn a new location and kind of figure out how that was going to work and stuff like that. So it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. You know, looking back at it, it was therapeutic for me, um, which was also good. So I mean, do I regret writing it? No. Did I plan to?
0: Definitely not. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been very interesting um talking with you about your series and i'm so excited for the one coming out in october sounds great and it sounds like having just had one released as well you're a very busy person with your writing which is really cool (laughs) how can people find your books and how can people get hold of you if they would like to find more about you
2: Absolutely. My books are available anywhere books are sold. Anywhere online, you can find my books. You can order them into any store. I don't, there are a handful of bookstores that are carrying them. I don't know which ones they are right off the top of my head, but they can be ordered into any store if you want to go and physically pick them up. I also sell signed copies through my Etsy site, which is Books and Whimsy. On Etsy, I do signed and they have they all come with swag because a book needs proper swag. <laughs>
0: just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool way of doing it through Etsy. Like I've just put it out there because I know a lot of people have, you know, their own sites. But like when you look at all the challenges of, like, you know, setting up the payments and setting up everything, it, it can get quite complicated. So I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, Etsy. Hmm, that's a potential. Well, Etsy
2: has been the, the. You're exactly right though with the complication. Etsy has been the least complicated thing i have found and it's worked really really well so i'm still using it because i haven't found anything easier or cheaper yet mm-hmm. so you know but um i also have a lot of bookish swag and merch that goes with my books and all that's the fun awesome. things there Look, that's um, cool
0: i i am a merch fan <laughs> i love it i'd love like we created bookmarks at one point and you know you get to the end of like the creating bookmarks page or like when you're designing them and they'll be like put the design on this put the design on that and you're like oh oh we could have it as a notebook oh we could you know have like
1: a have a t-shirt t-shirt or like
0: a mug one
2: of my best selling t-shirts is actually it's like a fall themed shirt it's got a wolf behind it and it says like oh gosh what does it say like fall nights bonfires lattes werewolves pumpkins or something like that on it (laughs) that's awesome and uh it's it's been uh it's been it's one of my favorite shirts too Not again that i'm biased but I digress. In other ways to get a hold of me, um, I'm on Facebook at Readers of AJ Skelly. Instagram is a.j.skelly or www.ajskelly.com. So you can find my email on my website as well. I respond to every email. I love to hear from people. You know, I love a good snide remark now and then as well. So, you know, you read it and you have something to say, something
0: snarky, by all means, send it over. Um, <laughs> it <was all> good. <laughs> and just to clarify, because I may have missed this and if so, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, did you say your shop name on Etsy or? It's Books and Whimsy. Oh, yes, you did. Sorry. <laughs> <I'm like remembering laughs>
2: it's a little hard to find it. Um, If you search AJ Skelly, I think it pops up with my books, actually. Okay. But I don't know. I've had trouble actually finding my shop on Etsy before. So, yeah, you Even know, one of those. but you can okay. see that on my website <laughs> as well. So Cool.
1: Anyway, so I just really like to thank you. AJ for coming on the show and sharing your kind of wild ride journey to getting your series well your first book first shift published and then the publication of the rest of your series it's been really cool learning about the journey you've taken and all of the bumps along the way (laughs) there have been many bumps (laughs)
2: that's what makes the, the ride worthwhile right yes
1: exactly so so thank you for coming on
2: it's been a pleasure I have really enjoyed it thank you
0: you're welcome if you would like to be on an author spotlight section like AJ has just done, you can apply by going to lindersoncreations.com. Hover your mouse over the podcast tab in the main menu, and you'll find a drop down to be featured on Dear Writer. And next time on Dear Writer,
1: we have another one of our craft episodes where we're going to be talking about outlining, which should be an interesting topic to chat about and we've covered a little bit today <laughs> yes, the only method that works is the one you use <laughs>
0: and if you'd like to know more about us in our writing projects you can visit us at lindisoncreations.com or contact us on facebook or instagram under the handle linderson creations
1: and if you enjoy the show please rate and review us on apple podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week happy writing everyone